I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. Dope. Well, I'm coming to you live from Houston, Texas. H-Town? In the bedroom that I slept in throughout all of my high school years. That's right. Shout out to the teddy bears on the shelf behind you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're there. That's all right. We call them out too. I mean, I mean, I want it to be the full experience. I want, yeah. I want them to have the whole experience of what I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of this room. It has morphed uh, over time into also my nephew's room at one point, but okay. Okay. You know, it has been forever established as mine. So what's up? How you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was spiritually and physically filling. So I flew in on Thanksgiving day, like no, no issues. And one thing I wanted to shout out is like the people who work in the airport on the holidays. They were. Mm -hmm. I mean, dang, like, you know, everybody's stressed trying to get out and the Southwest Terminal at Oakland International has just one spot I always hit that's got breakfast and coffee. These folks who were manning the the checkout counter were just running a smooth game. Were they Um, chipper? Were they in a good mood? Yeah, playing music, like just very nice. And I'm just like, you know what? I really, really appreciate that because, you know, not everybody has to do that. So yeah, we we had a really good time. And, you know, I I had a lot of folks out here in Houston. So I got to hit a lot of households over the holidays. How was that? It is both a blessing and a little bit stressful at times. I think that's something I'm working on myself, like internally, Mm -hmm. to try to enjoy the time that I do have at home to be fully present with the people that I love and not get so worked up about trying to do all the things I feel like I should do or I must do and just like just be for a little bit I don't always get to spend as much time with everybody as I'd like to but that I think that's that's just life Um, do you have any of those loved ones who like as soon as you see them they let you know that you they haven't talked to you um (laughs) (laughs) don't answer that (laughs) I'm not choosing violence you know on this afternoon so we gonna skip over that question that is funny. That yeah. Is funny. yeah. But I will funny. share that, you know, I haven't really spent quality time with my grandfather away apart from my grandmother. Okay. And so that's something that's, you know, relatively new for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went over there to his house and it was just the two of us for one evening. And, you know, he's a proud U.S. Marine Corps veteran, uh-huh. master gunnery sergeant. Yeah, did a couple tours in Vietnam, served for for 30 years, actually. And I was very excited that his granddaughter is now a proud physician with the San Francisco VA. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted me to to learn a little bit more about the military history. And so he was telling me about this organization called Montford Point, which is, it's actually the name of a a camp, but it's like one of the first locations where 
black people who, when they were first allowed to enlist in the Marines, uh, would go for basic training. And the, the Marines apparently was the last U.S. military branch to allow black men to serve. Wow. I think, think it was like it wasn't until like 1942, but, you know, they banded together and just kind of harnessed all these stories about, you know, all the, the difficulties. But through it all, you know, they were really, really proud of the service that they provided for this country, like despite all the stuff that they had to deal with. That's something to be thankful for. Yeah. Sounds like you had a little bit more festive Thanksgiving than me. Well, mine was kind of festive, but. Oh, no, yours looked um, pretty festive. I, I know it was pretty mean. festive. Like, sorry, no shade to my family. Yes, y'all, <laughs> we had a blast. Um, but I'm going to move off of Thanksgiving and I'm going to tell you about how I nearly needed to be defibrillated because I was riding in the car with my son who is learning to drive. Oh, Lord. And child, <laughs> for whatever reason, he is under the impression that um, I am the more patient of his two parents. Mm -hmm. He's like, mom, will you drive with me? Oh, gosh, <laughs> it is just not so good for my nerves. <laughs> but he said, he said, I can tell that you're a teacher, mom, because you, you know, you have this, this teaching voice that you use. And he was mocking me, asking, okay, okay, we're going to come up here and we're going to do that nice, smooth stop. Oh. Not that jerky stop, that smooth stop. There you go. There you go. Okay, we're going to put a blanker, blinker on here. Okay, there you go. There you go. Okay, we're going to make sure nobody's coming from the other side. Okay, there you go. And then, okay, that looks great. You're doing great. You're doing great. He was like, he was like, mom, for you to say you don't have any patience, I was like, I think I just have been in medical education teaching right? people how to put in lines and stuff for too long i think that's the voice i use for that so <laughs> i could hear it <sighs> so y'all pray for me <laughs> oh we, we gonna pray for you <laughs> my friend my sis mm -hmm. um it is not a bye week we know that uh you are <laughs> Telling the story. So all the people who are, you know, Ashley fans, this is your week. Mm -hmm. Be excited. Mm -hmm. She's telling the story today. So the question is, what is the what? Sis? Yes. All right. Well, yes, the allegations are true. This is my <laughs> week. And we, me and Mahalia have come prepared. So the what, I don't, I don't know if we've done this before. Maybe we've done a little bit of play on this. But I, I think a good what for this fine morning is mistakes. Oh, mistakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can never talk too too much about mistakes. I feel like that is 100% true. And I was thinking about this particularly because I had shared part of the story with some of our interns who were, you know, now going into the holidays, the days are shorter, sometimes the hours get a little bit, little bit longer, some folks are away from family for the first time in a long time during these important days. And so I wanted to share a story related to an experience I had around that same time of year. Okay. So, you know, this is baby intern Ashley. Baby um, intern Ashley. <laughs> it's like early December, maybe early mid-December of my intern year. Mm -hmm. And I remember this vividly because I was on my first, it was my first time rotating at our university hospital. And so our wards months can be pretty tough the first time around. We've got some very sick patients a tertiary referral center and so i came in carrying all the imposter syndrome just looking at the list that i had it was it's a lot of stuff a lot of words that i had never seen before <laughs> and i had to go look up 
And and the other thing, like, you know, this is San Francisco and it was, it was pretty cold and I am a warm blooded individual. Yeah. So because I was living a little bit further from the hospital at that time, a really good friend had allowed me to, to crash at her place. She lived really close to the hospital and I figured it's my first month. I want to be able to get there like pretty early and, and be able to, to come back and not have to travel very far. So mm-hmm. were you staying at your friend's house for the month? For the month. Or were you just... That's a good friend. Nah, see, this is how we do at UCSF. You know, we take care of each other. But um, I'm gonna need you to edit that out because we do that at Emory too. <laughs> yeah, but carry on. But carry no shade. On. You're right. You're right. It's interview season. We want to make sure that we give everybody yeah, yeah, equal yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So, you know, shout out to my colleague. Although I will add, so I was literally on the way to her her apartment with all my stuff where she when she hits me with a text message talking about. Oh. I don't have any central heating, so hope you can <laughs> handle that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, see, if, you, if you had trained when I trained, you know, it wasn't no text messages. So you wouldn't, even have, to deal. You wouldn't have even known until you got there. <laughs> All right. So check this. So I'm crashing with my friend and her very, very cold apartment. And we know we're hitting that holiday season. And I, uh, for this year, was going to be working through Christmas. Okay. So the first, I would say probably like the first half of that rotation, like was, was pretty tough, probably like one of the hardest seasons of my residency experience. And, you know, we're coming up on the evening before our holiday party. It's a night that every resident has off because our gracious fellows would come in to cover for us. Okay. And so I just happen to be post-call that day. And so for those evenings when, you know, there's a party coming up that night, a lot of folks try to really push themselves to sign out and, and get out of the hospital so they can go home and get ready. Right. So, you know, my, my senior had already gone for the day. My attending had um, signed out after we had checked in and everything. I still had a couple things left to do. I was feeling behind. So I texted my two roommates at the time who I, of course, was not living with <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> Thanks to your good friend. Right. But we were going to reunite at the Christmas party. And I like, you know, but I sent them a text. I'm just like, y'all, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I just got, you know, too much thing, too many things I got to do still. And they both hit me back and were just like, we're not going to this party until you get here. Okay. So I was just like, man, so that like kind of infused me with some new energy. I was like, okay, you know what? My friends are waiting for me. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to go to the holiday party. I mean, the connectedness. At I'm your telling program. you, I'm telling I'm you, this staying is with people to not going to parties. I'm saying like, I didn't mean to make this like a low key advertisement for UCSF residency, but at the same time, I just happened to be working with some pretty incredible people. I mean, you know, yay, me don't mean boo you. <laughs> <laughs> the wise words of Isaiah. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the the hospital I have to throw in like a couple more orders but basically like all this build up I finally finish sign out make it to the party had an amazing time like with my colleagues and our faculty it was it was awesome and this was a party for interns no oh it's for the entire department okay. um but okay. a few select fellows decided to make sure that all the residents could go so they would they would cover for us got you got you okay I'm there yeah so I get home from the holiday party and I open my email um, and I see an email from my attending. Oh, gosh. And it turned out that in my flurry of trying to get out of the hospital, I put in some orders for some medication for the wrong patient. 
and it was the type of medication and the type of patient where you put the two together and it would have not been a good <laughs> a good outcome. Okay, can I just ask you as a spoiler, your attending caught it before it happened? Yes. Okay. Yes. Damn. Okay. We've talked about errors and, and you know, on, on this show before and in shame, but as an intern in that space during a month where I was in a new hospital, new system, very sick patients, already feeling the load of imposter syndrome, mm. I felt so awful. Mm. And it wasn't like a very heavily loaded email, but with the insinuation of this would have been a bad outcome <laughs> had this happened for this individual. So I basically didn't sleep that night mm. or the night afterwards because mm. the next day was my day off. I just felt like I was going to walk back into that hospital the next day and be told, yeah, you really, yeah, you really screwed up. up this yeah, we don't know if this is for you. So got it together, went back to the hospital in the dark, cold, early in the morning, bracing myself for a stern conversation. Mm. And after rounds was when my attending called me over to sit down as the two of us. As I'm sitting there with like my heart in the pit of my stomach, <laughs> eyes downcast, she proceeds to tell me a story about a time that she made a mistake as an intern. Mm. I wish I could describe like the wave of relief from the tension that mm. left my body at that moment. You know, it's hard to reimmerse myself in the emotions and mindset of a new intern in a hospital with a lot of smart people and a lot of sick patients. Mm -hmm. But what she did was just validate my humanity yeah. in the form of a story. And it was no like lecture or rehashing, can't order this type of thing, like for this type of patient, or like, let's go back over the physiology or let's retrace what happened that night. Mm -hmm. It was simply, you made a mistake. I've made mistakes and we learned from them. Mm. And it gave me so much courage and so much affirmation. I mean, among many things that this attending did for me, mm -hmm. that the, the latter half of that rotation by the end, like I felt great. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that the way that that situation was handled was one that stands out for you as the opposite of traumatic. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, shout out to your attending, because th the truth is that they had to be somebody who had already created a climate for you mm -hmm. that that allowed you to be receptive to that. Because if you had not felt psychologically safe and somebody just showed up after a mistake and just said, oh, when I was an intern, this is what happened. That doesn't always help the person feel what they need to feel unless in, unless there's something more to it. So I, I guess I'll point that out more because I, I want our listeners to recognize that your, your attending did something even more than just, you know, choose carefully a story to help you feel better. Um, they also chose to create a space for you, a quiet space alone where they want to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, to, to give you the space uh, to be able to kind of relax your shoulders and, and be okay and go forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, adding a little bit more context into that conversation, that's exactly what it was. I will mm -hmm. say that, you know, 
somewhere along the lines, this, I think this attending like picked up on some of the imposter syndrome that I was mm-hmm. exuding. Mm-hmm. And even before this happened, had taken time to like point out things that I was doing well and recognizing, you know, you're being really hard on yourself, but this is what I see. Mm. I just so appreciate that and recognizing that residency is a journey and there's a unique vulnerability that comes with intern year when you're kind of thrust into this height of responsibility that you haven't experienced before. And you could be like the most dope medical student somewhere in the middle of the pack or bringing up the rear. Day one of intern year, I feel like everybody kind of starting out on that level playing field of trying to gain footing in this very difficult and beautiful experience that that is residency. But when you give feedback to interns in that space, like knowing number one who your intern is mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and kind of like where their where their mindset is, like what 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 unique things they might need from a supervisor or an attending. And like you said, creating the space and the culture where they feel safe to to receive that, knowing that everything that you say is gonna be laden with a little bit more emotion. But what we know is described in the medical literature that when trainees and, and doctors in general and healthcare workers make mistakes, it's, it's connected to burnout. They will start to feel bad and feel shame. And then it's just this vicious cycle, which can lead to more errors, right? Because you're second guessing things. You just don't feel sure of yourself. You don't do things with confidence. I'm really glad you told that story because I, I think about this a lot, about how we navigate unexpected things happening in the hospital. May I nerd out a little bit on this, Kenneth? Oh, please, please, Dr. Manning, hit us <laughs> with the nerd stuff. So I, I, I think about this a lot because I don't want anyone to not be able to move on and to forget that by nature, we are human beings. So we are likely to make mistakes um, here and there. And ideally, you know, we will have enough safeguards up so that, you know, something really bad doesn't happen. And thank goodness you had a meticulous attending who was checking the order set. But to nerd out about this, usually one of the questions that I like to ask when something adverse happens is first, I I clarify whether or not to the individual is adverse, right? Because for every person, sometimes one person thinks it was a big deal and another person thinks it wasn't a big deal. But the question that I um, ask once I determine that it's an adverse event from the person's perspective or that most people would agree it is, is the first question is, what did you do that was really good? What did you do really well? And I will tell you from you telling your stories, Ashley, one of the things that you did um, that was positive is that you had really prioritized taking care of your patients. You had prioritized doing a good job for those patients so much that you moved out of your house for an entire month to stay somewhere closer so that you could get there and do a good job. And on top of that, you had decided that you might not even go to this party because to, to give your patients what they needed, it required a level of attention from you that, that made it hard for you to imagine how you would do both. Now, that was a good thing that you did. That was good. And then the next question is, well, what would you do differently if you, um, if you were in that same space again? Not put in the wrong order. For <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. It's hard, right? Um, because now you've experienced it. So um, what you would do differently maybe is know, know with an awareness that you're on an air landmine. So w- sometimes I'm rounding with my team and I'll say, you know what, y'all, 
we on an air landmine right now um, because the team is admitting we're on home for the holiday schedule. We got all these moving parts. The resident is their first day. So-and-so is in clinic. And, and this is a day where this is an air landmine. So we all have to be on like heightened, you know, sensitivity to what's happening. That I, I tell the medical students, I need y'all watching everything, mm. call out anything you see. And so um, that, that's another thing that we can do a little bit differently. And then the other piece I always ask myself is how can I honor my patient going forward through what I've learned? One way to honor the patient is that you're telling the story because surely there will be somebody who's listening to this, who's a trainee, who has, who has done something that they don't feel proud of um, that could have adversely affected a patient or that did adversely affect a patient and what they can take away from this is that, you know, there are people who are full grown out here, board certified and teaching people how to be doctors who are still trying to navigate their own errors that they've made along the way. And so we honor our patients and experiences um, through making sure that we remove some of that loneliness. And that's what your attending did. She took you out of that lonely space Mm-hmm. of 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 being so ashamed and and she stepped into it with you and put yeah. her arm over your shoulder and said girl you are not by yourself <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, take that little tiny piece of what did I do that was well because we, we just always skip that we go straight to the second question which is mm-hmm. what I do wrong oh my god what did I do wrong and what can I do differently but if you take one step before that you had done a lot I mean that was I was joking about it but Moving out of your house for a month. I mean, there's convenience, but there's like, come on in. <laughs> I know. I guess in addition to what I might have done differently, I may have just stayed at my own home and <laughs> figured out how to get there instead of freezing to death. But but yeah, no, that's that's real. And yeah, you know, it's it's every time I reflect on that story, you know, it it, it readjusts my my own approach as, you know, now as an attending and a soup as a supervisor. Because yeah. I recognize the lens through which we view um, errors and adverse events is a lot different from pro- folks just starting out. Yeah. So like if she if she had taken the approach to just kind of like near miss, but luckily we caught it and like moved on, that would not have helped me. Mm-hmm. She grinded everything to a halt and was like, yo, let me tell you about something that happened. So that that actually kind of helped you get a frame of mind. Oh, yeah, this was an error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And also like, again, the the power of storytelling as we Mm -hmm. um, demonstrate here, you know, it just hits so much harder than, you know, rehashing like your framework or your approach. Let me, let me reestablish our humanity first. Mm, I love that. Reestablish our humanity first. Yes. Yeah. So girl, girl, shout out to your attending, honey. Yes. That's real. Is that attending still working there? Yeah. So actually, I got a chance to, to reflect the story back to her and, and tell her how much that meant to me. That's great. Well, um, anybody who's applying to residency, I just want you to know there are people that uh, will be kind to you if you make a mistake at my program, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 oh, no, but you know what? That's that's dope. I mean, that's really dope because that that is that's what it's all about. You know, we want people to thrive. We want people to to win and you can't thrive and you can't win if you're walking around feeling ashamed, which leads to that destructive energy. Absolutely. 
And just a reminder to be kind because mm-hmm. you don't know what folks are dealing with. And sometimes how you are met um, at a low point can be the pivot point that is downward spiral or the trajectory that leads to you becoming a chief resident at UCSF. <laughs> Child, only do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen and amen again. Well, my friend, I am so grateful um, for your humility um, in, in sharing that story. And, and y'all, there's plenty more mistakes I made after that. So if you need some more, <laughs> you need someone to humanize, you just hit me up. But we are the Human Doctor Podcast. Yes. Yes. Well, my friend, I love you. I love your teddy bears up on the shelf. <laughs> Um, your book collection in the background and your red accent wall that you painted yourself as a child. Well, thank you for listening to me. Um, It's been real and I look forward to us chatting again soon. All right. I love you. Love you too, sis. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and The Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.